Welcome to This Old App, a podcast about learning, coding, smashing stuff together, breaking things apart, startups, failing, winning, and any other buzzwords we can think of. Hey, Randy. Uh, so today we were, um, well, last night after, after <laughs> midnight your time, uh, we got together on a pair programming session on your anniversary, by the way, um, yeah. to, to, to go over so, some code I was working on for an Alexa skill. Um, and, and I was struggling a bit with, so what I had done was this was to pull in some data from a DynamoDB database. The sample code used a callback. I actually used two callbacks back to back. Yeah. Um, and then in order for Alexa to wait for it, I had to then implement a promise um, in order to wait for those callbacks to finish. And I went through about 30 iterations of code, um, never getting it to wait properly for the finished product. Um, yeah. It, it, it would either A, return a promise, or B, return undefined, which means it never finished um, the, the retrieving the data before it tried to Im, uh, implement it. So we, we talked a bit about, about all those things, callbacks, promises, a sync await last night, and, and, one, and, and a couple things there. One, no one listening to us should, should get the impression we know everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, because we're 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 still struggling through some of this stuff as well. Um, I think you even said that your your boot camp that that you taught at doesn't even dive into those concepts because it it's just not your your students won't aren't there yet. Yeah, well, um, let's, let's that, before we go further, let's rewind. What, what is a promise? What is a callback? What is async await? Why they exist in the JavaScript um, language and the, the struggle around it. Like in the Ruby world, um, I'm not sure what Python uses, but it's similar. You, if you use a library in Ruby, I used to use something called HTTP. P party, or it's hard to say the name. HTTP party was the name of it. And it would send out a request to an API and pull back the XML or the JSON that came back from the remote server. But what would happen is it was blocking. It was a blocking code call, like um, request, meaning right. if you were to have sequential code and then HTTP party would make its request, you're, the next line would wait automatically for that request to go out and come back. Now, it may time out an error, but it would still wait. It would be blocked from going to the next step. In the JavaScript which is world... Also, which, is, which is also known as secret, synchronous code. Yeah, exactly. Okay, go on. And so in JavaScript, it doesn't wait. It's asynchronous. So if you were to use... I typically use Axios... You could use the request library. That's what we teach students right now. Um, I think fetch is the native. Um, and then, then there's the XML or X8, whatever the native um, JavaScript HTTP request, whatever the heck the uh, actual name of it is. But the idea is it's asynchronous, meaning if you had line one, two, three, and then you had the request 
um, library send out its request to the external server, the next line is going to go ahead and run immediately. Like, right. and if you are, and if the next line is depending on the response from the request library, it's not going to get it. It's going to get null or undefined most likely for what it's waiting on. So that is asynchronous non-blocking code. So the idea of a callback is where in addition to giving request, the request library, the URL you're hitting, you also give it a function to fire after that request brings back the data. So then the request library does one of two things. It sends out its request, gets the data, and then hands that back to you however you want in that callback, or it errors out. It says, hey, something went wrong. And you right. basically can handle that in the callback any which way you want. Though the promise came along as a more declarative way, like people started talking about callback hell. You would create a function that would have a callback, that function may have a callback, and then you just have nested functions all the way down the line. And people got really tired of that. Well, and, so, and I think part, part of that was out of necessity and part of that was out of misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, the, the misunderstanding would be that once people got started with callbacks and trying to make things synchronous, yeah, they, they didn't think through, does this really have to execute after the line above it or can it just go ahead and go? Yeah. Um, and so if you, if you ended up with, with having, if, if out of necessity, you ended up having to do five things in order waiting for things then yeah, you got callback hell because you ended up five deep on your indent tree um, and trying to debug that later is next to impossible. Yeah, so promises were the next iteration of this to having more explicit um, synchronous approach that allowed you to actually have operations run in the order they needed to, despite the asynchronous nature of JavaScript. So the idea is you would have a function and then it would have a chain of a dot then or a dot catch. And if the request going out to the external server comes back with the correct da data um, response, it would the the library would hand to the then function the payload, the 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 data that's accurate, and if it came back with an error, it would hand that off to the chained catch function. So that works fairly well. It's, I mean, you if you look at the code, you're granted that someone does indention consistently, and um, doesn't try to do too much in the then function, it's pretty easy to read, I think. Right. But it's still, you still can get in the world of chaining thens to chain additional, um, now this were, now this then function worked, it needs to return something, here's another then, here's another then, then you get down to the catch, which catches the error. Right. So, so in the latest iteration, it's either ES6 or ES2017 or ES7. I'm not sure. I've like honestly, I've I can't keep track of the ES 
um, right. names and numbers and which libraries are which with what. And I don't honestly, I don't care. I don't think it matters that much as long as you know whether your your particular feature you're looking for works on your target browsers yeah. and servers. It's definitely in the Node 9 version, I think, and above, where you can start to use this new concept called async await. And the idea is that if you, instead of doing the request dot then dot catch chain, for a promise, you simply you, you simply you basically say you call you basically prefix the function declaration with async, and then at the point that the let's say Axios is making its request, you say await the Axios request, and then you stuff that return data into a variable. So you're getting rid of the then chain and you're basically able to treat the code much closer to the synchronous nature like a Ruby or a Python request would be. The difference is that you do have to do a try catch block so that you can catch any errors that occur. Right. And I know trying to explain this in a non-video format doesn't make a lot of sense, <laughs> but, but it does. If you take a look at the difference between a promise online, like, you know, Google promise versus async await syntax, you'll see that it's actually easier to read um, a promise executed with async await than it is with the normal promise syntax. It just, it reads better. It's, you can make more sense of what is being returned, where is that value getting stored? And then you get to basically write in a more linear format rather than indented, then catch, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Um, and I feel like the try catch makes more sense too, because you can basically try, put like put a ton of code in the try block and then any error will get caught in that section. So it, I think that it's a better um, approach, but there's a couple of factors that have been a problem, a pain in my butt already, and that has to do with uh, Firebase. Firebase is tied to Node 6.11. Not totally sure why. I assume it's because the nature of Node updates and the infrastructure that Firebase has isn't they aren't really able to keep up on the pace and right that's that's understandable. I mean the progress of a major like Ruby on Rails that framework updates at the major number top semver level at like once a year, if not once a year and a half, and maybe two years. And Node is like gone from eight to nine to 10 in under a year, maybe. And that's really tough for infrastructure, trying to keep backwards compatibility in place um, at a good level. So what happens is we took a bunch of our code from the Chasm project that's on Heroku running at Node 10. And then I go and move it to Google and they're like, whoa, you got to use Node 6. And all of a sudden, all of our async await stuff is broken. Right. But 
On the flip side, if you use what is known as TypeScript, which is kind of a preprocessor version of JavaScript, it basically gets compiled into normal JavaScript, but you can write it with all of the Node 10 goodness or ES 2017 goodness. You can basically, you know, use async await. The difference is you got to learn how to use TypeScript too. So right now, your your other option was to use something like Babel to I, to to process, pre-process your code. Yeah, I've never used Babel, Babel, Babel. <laughs> Again, I don't know who I you say it, but it's like GIF or GIF, I guess. I always <laughs> call it Tower of Babel is how I was always known it, so I just go with that. But I guess the whatever the person that wrote it came up with his own pronunciation, and he's wrong. So the um, <laughs> The uh, yeah, I, I've never used Babel to compile Node on the server level. I've only used that for React and Webpack and stuff. Sure. Um, so I don't even know. Like I've just never seen an example of like let's compile our JavaScript for the server. Um, but I guess it that makes sense. You could do it because all TypeScript is doing is spitting it into the lib folder, and then that's what Firebase uses. So right. now go, so rewinding back to the original subject of the pain of promises, <laughs> uh, maybe that's the title <laughs> of our uh, podcast. It's a challenge to wrap your brain around it. Um, we don't teach our students promises. We, I think we introduce them to the then catch um, syntax, but we don't really explain why, what it's doing. We have to explain to them callbacks immediately because that's some of the very early language or packages we pull in when we teach Node and Express immediately come to like, what is this function you're attaching as an argument kind of thing. Right. But when it comes to promises, it's like, I don't know that these students getting introduced can all keep up. And it is a significant um, pain point getting over our learning curve to process why you are going in a linear fashion when you learn JavaScript and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, by the way, now we have to capture stuff on a kind of a side thread of sorts and then get the result back because things are not gonna happen in a linear fashion, which honestly, when I learned Ruby, that was the greatest thing ever, I think, is I never had to worry like, the biggest pain point was when I had something I wanted to be asynchronous and I had to use Sidekick for a job queue or something because I needed it to not run and block things. Right. Um, but that was and, easier and, to learn. But I, I, I'll tell you, as far as my comprehension, I I find the then catch um, model to be the easiest to read and to understand. Mm-hmm. I, tr- I find that easier to mentally parse than even the try catch because to me it's very apparent on then catch what's happening when um whereas try catch with async await it's not always apparent um it's just something to wrap your brain around so part of the problem we were having um is that I would sit out there and I, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, like I said, I ran through about 30 iterations of the code last night, none of them working. And I kept going out looking for different 
um, blog posts, snippets of code, things like that to help me wrap my head around what I was trying to do. And what I kept finding was people were, were explaining promises and a sync await with extremely simple functions that would say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to pause this function for two seconds and then we're going to do a console log. And now you understand how promises work. I'm like, no, I get that. That makes all the sense in the world. I need you to write a, I need you to write a blog post. That that means I have to write the blog post is what it means. I need a blog post that shows me, okay, you're, you've got three different functions that are passing information to each other and getting information back. I need to see how promises and a sync await work in that scenario, not in stupid console log scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Console logs are Console logs are nice if you are just trying to see little things in your own console. But when you your first introduction to promises most likely will be doing API calls. That's why I started talking about that way. Sure. But first, and the thing that those API calls do is they return you the response from the external server. That's a that's a piece of data, not a console log, and. I can't, I can't tell you the number of promise. I agree with you 100%. I can't tell you the number of examples of promises, especially like on the Mozilla page, where I'm like, this example is written by someone that doesn't understand learning. Um, it's just, is it esoteric? Is that the term? I'm not sure what the term you use. Yeah, I think that works. It's just like, come on, like show me some data being passed from a, asynchronous source or an outside source or something that would cause a time delay that would normally not respond this way. Like, I agree with you. Um, Now we're, we're at the level of our careers. We should probably not complain. And we should, like you said, write the blog post, do the video. And that's probably worth the, worth our time to do so to show like a real world, um, example of a promise and async away, like maybe go from callback to promise to async away, show all three versions using the same type of example. But well, maybe if I get this working, I'll go do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that it's, I avoided async await for a while. Like I just, just like, I, I've figured out promises. I don't need this new version. It, then catch works for me enough. Now I will say that when I looked at your code last night, even with my bracket matchers and stuff that I have on my VS code, I was still just like, where the heck are you starting this then? Um, because you had a lot of code in that then. And right. I do think there becomes a point that if the then and the close, if the then brackets um, are really, really, far apart because you have a lot of code in the middle. It's one of those things of like, yeah, you need to move this out to a different function. Like you, right. You need, you need to call, you need to do a then and call a function that to, to, to refactor that a bit to make it more understandable for sure. I know, but I know at that point you were just trying to get things working. And as I tell my students, don't refactor until you just get the dang thing working. So (laughs) I'm telling you this, but I'm not expecting you to have done that. But I do think yeah. that over time, you want if you want to, 
then catch works much better when it's kind of smashed together with small calls in between, not a bunch of stuff in between. Right. For sure. From a readability standpoint. But yeah, so that, that, that's about where we were. And, and, and I think, I don't think it's unique. Um, I don't think it's unique to Alexa programming. It, it's unique to the, I've got this problem I want to solve. Other people have solved pieces of it. So let me go look at their code. Let me take snippets here. Um, Cause you, you saw what I had is I had, like I said, I had two callbacks and then a promise somewhere in there. So I, I was mixing all the different paradigms. Yeah. Um, at some point I had to sink a weight in there too. So I, I eventually got to the point. I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm mixing way too many thought models here. Yeah. So I need to either a convert it all to callbacks or convert it all to promises. Um, that way I only have to think about one thing, one way of thinking. Um, but that, again, that's not unusual. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, that the examples for using DynamoDB that Amazon provided um, were using callbacks as opposed to to at least moving on to promises. Um, Because promises have been around for for a while. Even if you had to pull in something like Bluebird, promises have been around for a while. Um, I think it's a matter of the the culture. I do think that the Firebase community is pushing for developer adoption and Microsoft is doing the same. And and so TypeScript is cool, is the coolness. And they're, because they're in a way they're allowing people that are coming from Java, strongly typed languages that are getting introduced to JavaScript and they feel lost without the ability to declare types. And I come from Ruby largely and don't care um, about strong types. And I think that async await for people getting introduced to promises, um, I, that might be cool. So I think that's where you see a lot of the Firebase examples, especially on the function side, has really gone towards like, hey, you should use async await. And they have some really good tutorials on the Firebase side related to it, except that it's like they they kind of diminish the fact that, by the way, we're on node six and you have to use that to do these uh, to do this async await stuff. And I'm like, come on, just admit it that you're not able to keep up. But that would be uncool. So maybe they don't do that. And right. I so and Amazon is kind of different. Like I've been using Amazon Ruby Gem, like the Amazon Ruby Gem, for a long time, and it's always kind of been a little behind. And they recently they, they had it because they had a big problem at one point. The Amazon AWS Ruby Gem was um, all stuck in one single gem, so in order for them to move forward everything had to move forward and they just recently in the last year broke it out to be a much better um like multiple gem t- tied to a service type of um system and i think they started moving faster on updating their code but 
Right. Right now in the serverless function world, I totally think that um, I totally think that you that they have a scenario where the Amazon um, or where the, where the serverless function world on both the Google and the Amazon side are trying to have the trying to support the flexibility of so much. And it's really difficult to introduce new ways to to part to like compile this stuff or to process it and not break a bunch of people's code. I mean, I think it's really difficult for what they're trying to do. Fair, but I'll come back to the point that promises have been around a while. So okay. it what what is the reason for using a callback when promises have been around for, for a while? Um all the node versions support it. Um, and, and I don't know. So we'll, we'll let them, we'll let them fix it when they fix it. Fortunately, after we talked last night, I found a, I found a code snippet specific to Alexa about implementing a promise. Yeah. So I think I'll be able to work with that. Um, and the unfortunate thing is the the skill I'm working on is time sensitive. Um, it, it, it's for something that's only going to occur in the next 10 days. And if it doesn't work in the next three or four, it's almost useless. Um, and the likelihood of me getting it certified in that time, because I started on it on Tuesday, the, the me the likelihood of me getting it certified and available to the general public even before middle of next week is is very low so um, it could be an exercise of futility but uh, we'll see we'll see I've got it I, the, the problem the, the frustrating part is I have it working without DynamoDB, um, but I need I need to be able to change data Um throughout the usage of the skill. Yeah. And if it's hard coded, then any changes I make have to go and get recertified. So, and, and these changes will have to be daily. So I, ha I have to put the data outside the skill. So I have to use the database and that's where, that's where I'm hung up. Otherwise this thing would have been submitted for certification Wednesday. Yeah. All right. Anything else on the promise async await front? Do you have like where do you have anywhere that you found a good explanation yet at all? There, there was there was a decent decent uh, medium article, and I'm trying. I think it was CodeBurst.io um, who put it out that got me part of the way there. So um, we'll we'll put that uh, we'll put a good link in the in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I promise to await, uh, the, uh, the, uh, learning of this stuff before I go any further. That was a, that was a horrible joke. Well, if you watch the Firebase, if you watch the Firebase, uh, videos, they love their puns and stuff too. Um, yeah, I, I think I could easily put, put something together with promise, await and callback, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank thank you the the listener and myself thank you for that. <laughs>
All right. Uh, I think that's a wrap. Yeah, I think we're good for today. And and I'm going to go try and get this this published. Go go get this working and, and, and in the certification queue so I can get it out there. Cool. Very good. We will talk again soon. Later. Thanks for listening to This Old App. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at www.thisoldapp.online. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. For questions, comments, or things you would like to hear on future shows, please email us at hello at thisoldapp.online. Show music is Guns Blazing by Fab Claxton, licensed by Pond5. Voiceover work by MeganVoices.com. You'll hear from us soon.